Okay, so here is the million-dollar question. <laughs> Are you ready? We're digging right in. The question is this. What do you want to sound like? What do you want to sound like? Where does your desire for your voice lead you? If I don't know you, my name is Davin Youngs. I'm a singer. I'm a voice coach. I'm a sound healing artist. And this is my podcast. It's called Free Your Voice, Free Your Life. And I love doing this. <laughs> I love tackling these sorts of questions with you because I think they are so provocative and so rich and can really catalyze change. And so in this episode, ooh, we're going. We're going deep together. I'm so happy you're here along for the ride. Before we do, I want to just remind you that the website is now officially live for my group voice coaching program by the same name, Free Your Voice, Free Your Life. It's a six-week virtual program. It kicks off January 20th. You can find out all about it at freeyourvoicefreeyourlife.com. That's freeyourvoicefreeyourlife.com. This will be the second cohort of this group. It's um, really geared toward anyone that just has an urge uh, or even a deep knowing that their voice is the tool that they need to pursue as an avenue toward change, as a vehicle for freer expression. Um, this program is for singers. It's for people who like to sing. Um, it's for people who love to sing. It's for people who have never studied singing, and it's for people who have studied singing. I feel really confident in uh, my ability to bring us all together in the same place and to be able to, I don't know, facilitate real transformation for you wherever it is that you are, starting exactly where you are coming from and doing it in community with the support of others. Um, last time we did this, we really gathered a magical group of people. Like, like it felt... I don't know, divine? Like, how did these people get into this Zoom room together? And how are they all so lovely? And how are they all so supportive of each other? And how are they all willing to embark upon this journey together? And so I'm just calling out into the universe that that will happen again. And that you, if you're listening and you feel compelled, that you will be a part of that because it's amazing. It's amazing what we can do together in community with our voice. So check out the website, freeyourvoicefreeyourlife.com. If you plan to join me, please don't wait. I mean, you're going to hear about this a lot until the group fills up. <laughs> and I anticipate that it will fill up pretty quickly. So um, don't put it off. Join. It's a great deal. It's a good bang for your buck. Six weeks, Saturdays, together, community, voice, changing your life. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. Um, okay, so what do you want to sound like? The reason I'm asking you this is because I think it's one of the questions that comes up in the work that we are going to do in this program together. And I think it's a really vital question for all of us to ask ourselves at some point. The reason I am framing it how I'm framing it is because I actually think it's the type of question that we don't often answer for ourselves. Typically, when we are answering this question for ourselves, 
the thing that comes to mind is who do I want to sound like? Who do I want to sound like? At the essence of the question often lives some element of comparison. Well, I really like so-and-so's voice. I really like how so-and-so seems when they sing or perform or how they move about the world. And rather than analyzing the essential qualities of what it is that you're admiring, you find yourself in envy or even in awe or even in lust <laughs> for what it is that this other person has. And today, in this moment right here, right now, I want us together to drill down into the nitty gritty of it so that you can name it for yourself. Now, I want to also be clear about this idea that when we're trying to name what we want, and this is not just about your voice, this is true of life in general, but often when we attempt to name what we want, we don't know. We legitimately don't know. And this is a really big thing that I have learned to understand about the human condition, about my own experience, and work to accept. And I do that for two reasons. One is that um, it's difficult to know that which you've never had. It's difficult to name that which you haven't had or that which you haven't experienced. So if you feel like, I don't know, about any big decision in your life, give yourself a break, all right? I think there is so much in contemporary culture that tries to tell us that knowing our purpose, having a vision, having a desired outcome is uh, essential, is necessary. And while there are aspects and elements of this that I do believe to be true, and we're going to pull those apart together, I also think it's an overhyped concept. For one big reason, most of the people I admire who have, um, let's say, done big, exciting, courageous, beautiful, connected, aligned things will express that the place that they've ended up is unexpected to them. The place that they've ended up is not where they anticipated being. And so when I think about this idea of like that I should have a clear vision <laughs> for where I want to go, I'm just confronted with the fact that that's not how it works. Like that is nine times out of 10, not what people express happens in their life. The other thing is, is we as humans tend to dream too small for ourselves. The visions that we often carry for ourselves, while necessary and maybe um, uh, positive in terms of their aspiration, they often don't reflect the truth of what is actually possible for us. You might think you want X, Y, and Z, but you probably also have had the experience of wanting something and then getting it and going, ooh, I don't know if this is it. I don't know if this is really, it's not what I thought. It's not what I thought. Maybe there's something bigger. Maybe there's something different. Maybe there's something altogether better. And so we have to hold all of this 
lightly because, like I said, it's difficult to know that which you haven't had. And if you were to base your desires on the experience that you've had, experiences that you've had, you will likely try to duplicate that which you have had, which will be too small. A, a better question is, is how big are you willing to dream? How expansive are you willing to be in your desires? How open to possibility are you? Do you believe in limited possibility? Or do you believe in infinite possibility? Now, if all of us are being honest, we believe in limited possibility. All of us are confined to a smaller expression of ourselves than what is true. And this is fascinating when you really consider it. It's fascinating to consider that your dreams won't be big enough. Again, look back at your life. Look at the craziness that is your life, the unexpected nature of your life. And I'm not saying that this is like an exclusively positive thing. Many of these experiences that you would have never <laughs> have dreamed for yourself have been complicated and difficult and maybe negative. But if you look back at your life, do you see that they worked together to bring you to this moment? And is this moment anything other than necessary for the next moment? In my understanding of my life, I would say this moment is perfect. This moment is divinely ordained. This moment is aligned with exactly what the universe has in mind for me. This moment is the perfect precursor to the next and the understandable outcome of the previous moment. Okay, so what does this all have to do with your voice? <laughs> what does this have to do with your sound. Well, what I'm talking about here is this concept, this idea of manifesting, of manifesting. I use that word with some hesitation. I know it carries a lot of baggage for a lot of people. It's sort of something that gets thrown around often as a means of bypassing, um, let's say, obligation or responsibility or it can often be attributed to folks who seem like they're not in touch with the true nature of their current situation. And I also know that this term is very much of the moment in certain, let's say, cultural groups, certain collectives of folk love, love to throw around the word manifest. And I might just be one of them. <laughs> but it's hard earned i got to tell you because it was not a part of my vocabulary that long ago it was not something that i was really willing to lean into fully and uh, maybe i'll share more about that at another time but in my current understanding of the work that i'm doing of how it is that i'm showing up in this world how it is that i'm guiding others i am aware that our collective desires and our individual wants are necessary to understand fully on our journey toward that which is the outcome, that which we create, that which we manifest. One of the things I love so much about your voice and my voice is that it is such a personal 
creation. It is the creation of your sound. It is the expression of you. And I believe that we as humans are at our best when we are creating, consciously creating. Now, I don't necessarily mean being creative in its sort of popular understanding, like doing crafts, although that might be it. <laughs> that absolutely might be it. I'm not discounting your crafting habit, but what I'm talking about is the fact that your very nature is to create. And when you do so consciously, when you do so from a framework of awareness, when you do so from a framework of mindfulness and knowing, you hold so much power. When you use your voice creatively, when you use your voice mindfully, when you use your voice authentically and freely, you hold so much power. You hold in that sound so much possibility. You carry with you the ability to impact others, to change the world. And have you ever heard the phrase that thoughts turn into things? That no thing that you've ever created didn't originate in a thought. But do you see that the voice is this incredible intermediary between the thoughts and the things? Do you see that the voice is often the channel through which the thoughts flow into the things as your voice is one of the best ways to express your thoughts? Your voice is one of your best ways to create. And so asking yourself, what do I want my voice to sound like, is bringing your ability to create into a realm of conscious awareness, of not just being victim to what happens with your voice, but really diving into how it is that you desire to use your voice in this world. Now, I said to you earlier that often when people say this, when people use this language or they reflect a desire for their sound, they reflect it in terms of others. And I don't think that this is inherently bad. Actually, I think that this is fundamentally human. It's really beautiful that other people reflect that which we desire. It's really beautiful that other people give us inspiration. But I'm interested in a concept, and I'm going to introduce it to you here as it relates to your voice journey. And it's called aspiration without attachment. See, there's something quite small around wanting what someone else has. There's something quite contracted about wishing that you could sound like so-and-so. But there's something quite powerful about a mindset shift in thinking that that person inspires you. I'm inspired by their sound. I'm inspired by the way they carry their body. I'm inspired by what they can do. And from that inspiration, you can take ownership and create aspiration. Aspiration. I aspire to. Now, that might be very specific things with your voice. I aspire to be able to create more volume. 
I aspire to be able to sing higher. I aspire to be able to find more consistency. I aspire to feel more free. I aspire for my throat to be less constricted. I aspire to have breath that feels sustaining. I aspire to not be fearful when I open my mouth. I aspire to inspire others. Hmm, that's quite a powerful aspiration, isn't it? But like I said earlier, while so much of this and so much of what I just said there is certainly a realistic aspiration, what I found is that the way in which you perceive others to experience things or do things will be, let's say, not at all. <laughs> Completely different than the experience that you will have when you do the same things. One of my greatest examples of this is when someone comes in and someone wants to work on their voice and they express a desire for more control of their instrument. Now, again, this is a totally reasonable desire, totally um, rational want, but it also makes me laugh just a little bit. And here's why. Control of one's voice generally feels like physiologically and energetically like letting go. Control of one's voice generally feels like <laughs> being out of control. Because control is this myth, right? Control is not a reality that we live. And so when you watch someone and they're achieving so much with their voice and you hear them and they're singing high and they're loud and they're low and they're quiet and they sing in a head register and a chest register and they move about freely and you think to yourself, wow, they have such control over their instrument. What I want you to know is that is almost never reflected by the singer. So rarely, I don't think ever, have I heard a singer say, yeah, I had so much control there. In fact, the quite opposite is true, where they will say, yeah, that felt free. That felt easy. That felt good. And so if you think to yourself, I want control, what I'm telling you is that's a rational want and desire. But as you aspire toward that, the non-attachment part comes like this. It ain't going to feel how you think it feels. It's not going to show up how you think it might. If you want to sing louder, if you want to sing with more volume, typically there's some sort of functional, uh, physiological reason why you feel inhibited in that way, in addition to the psychological, emotional, energetic reasons. But let's use as an example that typically if someone can't make much volume, they're probably struggling with chest register. They probably don't have much strength in their chest register. They also might not be coordinating their breath well in their body. They also might not be maximizing resonance, the shape of their mouth. I got a long laundry list of things. But what I want you to know is that most people see someone sing with more volume and they imagine for themselves that they need to put more effort into it. And it's my experience that people who are struggling to make volume are often efforting the most. That people who really can let it rip, 
people that really can be heard, while they might experience that as an energetic, energized experience in their body, rarely do they reflect that it feels effortful. In fact, more often, they just express that it's easy. It's just easy. And so this is where this thought around aspiration without attachment. So when you think for yourself, what do I want to sound like? What do I want my voice to sound like? I want you to know that it's very appropriate for you to be inspired by others. And it's really appropriate. It's really helpful. Let me say it like that. When you take that inspiration and you pull it apart a little bit and you ask yourself loosely, what is it that I'm looking for? And from there, if you hold it, if you grasp it so lightly, you let it sort of be the guideposts on your path, even though you don't know where the path is headed. See, attaching to an outcome, <laughs> it's one of the primary delusions that causes we humans suffering. We need something to be a certain way. We need it to end like this. I have to sound like this. Otherwise, I will be a failure. Otherwise, I won't be lovable. Otherwise, people will not hire me for work. Otherwise, people will not listen to my music. That's a lot of pressure to put on yourself. It's a lot of weight. But we do it, don't we? We do it again and again. But again, I bring you back to this feeling, this knowing, this understanding that if I look back at my life and I ask how things have ended up, and if you look back on your life and you ask how things have ended up, you'll likely see that they surprised you, that they didn't end up like you thought they would. They were different. They were unexpected. Or they ended up like you thought they would, but it felt totally different, totally weird, strange, unexpected, new. Ah, I didn't know it was going to be like this. And so this concept of aspiration without attachment, to me, this is so powerful because it takes the power back. It says, I don't need to be victim to any outcome. I need to allow my desires, my wants to be the rockets that get launched. I need for my inspiration. I need to be able to listen to that person saying, gather inspiration and allow it to fuel me to really lean into a more open, expansive understanding of what's possible for my voice. So many of us carry around limiting beliefs around what our voice can do. And the irony of this for me is that fundamentally, functionally, our voices can all do the same thing. Literally, <laughs> unless there's something pathologically wrong with your voice, which you might be listening and there is, which I want you to know that healing very well might be possible for you as well in that regard. But assuming everything is functioning quite normally, assuming you are in health with your voice, it really can do most anything you want it to do. 
It just might mean that you have to take your aspiration and allow it to drive you to explore new coordination, new understanding, new meaning, new experience with your voice. Your voice carries with it the possibility of infinite sounds. You may have heard me say before, but what sound can't your voice make? And look, that's a really, really, really beautiful precursor question to our question today. What do you want your voice to sound like? Now, let's go back to this idea for just a moment of the I don't know. Or, or maybe even more powerfully, you know what you don't want it to sound like. It might be right now that you're very clear on the feeling, the experience, the sounds that feel like they're not pleasing. They don't feel comfortable in your body. Let me say that sometimes a no is a yes. Sometimes a no is a yes. Sometimes all we have is not this not this. To which I say, what an incredible gift because it is the thing that can fuel forward growth. This ain't working. I don't feel good in this. I don't feel like me. I don't feel aligned. It doesn't feel honest. It doesn't feel true. Good. Because you know what? <laughs> That's your clue that you need to go down a path to find something different. All of us especially you, have the capacity to find a sound that feels honest and true and free and easy and open and authentic and real and good and yummy and comforting and healing and transformative and new and new and new and new and new and new and new. And so when you say, no, not this, Inevitably, you're met with an arrow that points you toward this direction, this direction, this direction. But so many of us have that no, and we feel so overwhelmed. We think, man, I've been at this a long time. I've been trying. I've done voice lessons. I've done all sorts of stuff. I've done self-help work. I went to an energy healer, and look, I'm still in this. Like, nope, this isn't it. And maybe I should just give up. I'm getting too old. It costs too much money. I don't have enough time. A million, million, bazillion reasons why you want to marry that good old N.O., <laughs> <laughs> You've been in a long-term relationship with that no. And what I'm telling you is, is that relationship ain't so healthy. And how many times do you need to hear it? Well, however many times you do. But generally, your no is pointing you toward your next aspiration. Generally, your no is pointing you toward your next aspiration. And your next step is to look for inspiration. This no, this stuckness that I'm feeling, man, this can't be it. Who else out there is doing it? What are they doing? How are they living? Who's inspiring? Man. You know, I often tell um, this story about my business that I'll, I'll recount now because I think sometimes we're looking for inspiration. We're looking for inspiration in specific places when inspiration can be found in unexpected spaces. So um, when I first started teaching voice lessons, this is going to sound 
<laughs> That's going to make me sound old. But oh well. So people back then had to build their own websites. There was no Squarespace. There was not any of that. And or you had to pay someone that could build a website. And so to have like a cool, nice website on the Internet, uh, I don't know, it was like a little bit more of an undertaking. But I had decided that when I wanted to put myself out there as someone who worked with people in the voice, that I really wanted a clear point of view that at the time, pardon me if this is offensive to anyone, but at the time when you Googled like voice lessons or piano lessons, you'd get like, you know, uh, like a retired school teacher in their living room. And not that anything was wrong with that, but it wasn't who I was at all. At the time, I was in my 20s, and I lived in an urban environment, and I just was like, yeah, I wanted it to reflect how cool I was <laughs> and am. Anyway, you catch my drift. So I looked, I scoured the internet high and low, looking for someone that would inspire me, someone that would like have a website that I was like, yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. I think that's it. That's awesome. And I couldn't find it. I mean, I looked, I remember sitting and Googling in like major cities all over the world. I was like Paris, voice lessons in Paris. Like who, what, what amazing teachers are out there that are doing something cool in Paris? Nah, nothing. New York. Oh my God. There have to be amazing websites for voice lessons in New York. No, I couldn't find anything inspiring. So you know what I did? I started looking at salons. I started looking at therapists. I started looking at whatever other services. I started going to magazines. I I used to love magazines and I loved the design of like fashion and art magazines and I took inspiration. And so the very first website that I looked to or that I created, it was very inspired by fashion magazines. And it's funny now because you could get that made for you on Squarespace. But at the time, it took me a lot of time and cost me a lot of money. And I did it. But it worked because it was a singular point of view in the lane that I was in, but it actually was inspired by people doing very, very different things than me at the time. So if you're looking for someone that sounds like how you want to sound and you can't find them, or if you're looking for someone who makes the type of music that you want to make and you can't find them, A, that's probably because you are supposed to be the one doing those things. But B, don't be afraid to expand your search. Take inspiration from whatever lights you up. Allow your aspiration to be guided by the things that feel like they excite you. You could find, I don't know, a podcast about forest rangers. <laughs> and that could inspire your voice journey. I don't know. But I'm just saying, don't be too small. The other thing is, too, often I find people, particularly with it, with regards to the voice, seek inspiration from some of the most famous voices. And while I find that to be, you know, perfectly acceptable, if you're only listening to... Uh, depends how old you are and what your listening tastes are. But let's just say, for sake of, of unity, if you're only listening to Beyonce, <laughs> will, will Queen B unite us? Um, well, no, actually, I'll even, I mean, for a, for a little bit younger audience, uh, I have a client who just really idolizes uh, Ariana Grande. And look, I get it. Girl can sing. But 
I really encourage this client to like expand their listening palette because it's important to know that even though one person who's at the very top of their game in terms of society and culture inspires you, the world is so rich, the tapestry of artists available to you. And if you just spend a little time looking outside of your typical channels, you might find some one or something that inspires you in a way that you haven't before because you start to go, oh, look, this person's doing this at a different scale. This might be a path that I can point toward. This might be the thing that gives me an aspiration that I can cling loosely to but can know that I'm pointed in a direction that has in fact been trod before, a path that has been traveled. And like I said, eventually you're going to find yourself on your own path. I remember for years, for years, I just wasn't willing to accept the sound of my voice. I always listened to other artists and I would go back and I would try to make music and create and I would find myself manipulating my voice to achieve effects like theirs. I liked how so-and-so did this, and so I tried it. And I liked how so-and-so did this, and so I tried it. But none of it ever really flowed through me authentically. And when I go back and listen to some of those recordings, I hear these sort of really solid attempts at artist development, but none of them sound like me. And there was some point where I started creating music that didn't sound like anyone, that was literally just something of my own creation. And because I didn't have anyone to compare it to, it was real freeing. It was really, dare I say, I became my own inspiration. I started to inspire myself. And I think that this is really something that we can all grow into as artists where we look to others for inspiration, but ultimately our vision, our desires, they feel sort of singular. They feel very specific to us. And I just think now when I see people or hear people chasing after what someone else has, I look forward for them to the day when they'll be able to hold all of that so much more lightly. When they'll go like, yeah, I love Ariana. <laughs> If I were to list for you my inspirations, they don't sound like me. If I were to list for you my inspirations, they don't sound like me. I don't sound like them. And that doesn't mean they are any less inspiring for me. But I've learned that what I want to sound like is me. What I want my voice to sound like is me. And sure, it's taken me a long time to get to know what that me is. But part of the knowing was being willing to let go. Being willing <laughs> to not know. Here's the thing about what you want. And here's the thing about what I want. And here's the thing about manifestation. All any of us want 
is a feeling. We think we want a thing. We think we want a sound. We think we want X, Y, Z, you name it. But we know, we know from a lifetime of experience that that thing, that moment, that sound, it never satisfies completely. At best, it's a portal to that which is next. But what is here for you right now in this very moment is the infinite possibility of feelings. And you can have access to all of it right now if you can let go, if you can aspire, if you can desire without attaching to a necessary outcome. Now, this is so, so confusing. I get it. And for some of you, you might be like, this guy's talking in complete circles. I get it. Totally get it. Like, I'm supposed to want something, but I'm not supposed to want it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, but do you see that the, the aspiration, the aspiration is the alignment with the forward movement of your life with the inevitable change. The inspiration comes from your inevitable connectedness to the full order of humanity, to the to the interrelatedness of all beings, to the grain of the universe. And the outcome, the outcome, if you can allow it, is always joy. It's always opening. It's always expression. It's always authenticity. It's always true. It's always alignment. And then it doesn't even have to be anything specific. It's everything. And in the everything is any. Thing. Your voice contains all of that. Your voice contains multitudes. So what do you want it to sound like? What do you need from your voice? Because what I need from your voice is authentically you. The allowing of you to be here right now with this sound held in the promise of change, of growth, of transformation, of healing. I need from you your deepest aspirations with the full understanding that the outcome is going to surprise the hell out of all of us. <laughs> and you know what happens when you really let that be the case? Joy, delight, surprise, joy, delight, surprise. Well, I didn't know this was going to happen. I didn't know this was going to happen. Well, this is surprising. Who knew this was going to happen? That sound, I didn't know that sound was going to come out of me. One of my favorite, favorite, favorite moments in working with people in their voice is the look of surprise on their face when they make a new sound. <laughs> <laughs> when I say to them, I've never heard that come out of you before. And they say to me, me either. <laughs> I didn't know I could do that. <laughs> and when you know you can do that, it changes everything. Absolutely everything. So my friend, what do you want to sound like? What do you want to sound like? What do you want your voice to sound like? Ask yourself this. Dig deep for this. 
write about this, journal about this, lean into this, and then burn it. <laughs> Let it go. Let it be the thing that catalyzes change. All right. <laughs> That's my sermon <laughs> for today. But look, if this is inspiring you in any way, think about joining me in the next cohort for Free Your Voice, Free Your Life. Remember, you can head to Free Your Voice, freeyourlife.com, the group coaching program, or go do something completely different. But don't wait. Don't wait any longer. It's time. It's time to sing. You know it. You can feel it deep down inside. Go do the thing. All right, my friends. Until next time. Peace.